big hand and let's also welcome all of our campuses, all of our locations. Man, we're so glad that you're joining us today as we are continuing in our Giant series. But before we get into today's message, just a couple of real quick announcements. Parents, you saw this Wednesday night is Riot Night. This is the big citywide monthly gather, gathering. We have Pastor Robert Madu here. If you came to our Awakening Revival, yeah. Just, just has a real powerful call on his life to speak to young people. So parents, I really need you. I know you have busy schedules, but listen, God is gonna be here for your teenager this Wednesday night. I need them here. I need them here, okay? You get your kids here. You make sure that your teenagers are here. I can promise you that they're gonna have an encounter with God. It's gonna be off the chain awesome. And also, you just heard there, what we're also doing is, we're also having a special parent night right next door to Atlantic Coast High School. Carrie and I are gonna be over there. So kinda of how we've designed this is you can drop your kid off, uh, your teenager off here, um, you know, before seven, and then just head over to Atlantic Coast High School and we'll get started, you know, sometimes 7.20, 7.30. Carrie and I are gonna speak and we're gonna unpack our vision for your teenager uh, and we're really, really excited. I mean, we're, we're developing a world-class discipleship program for our young people. We need your involvement. We need you to be aware of what's going on out there in the world and what's coming at the young person in your life. Come on, church. How many of you know when we war, we win, and we're going to war. We're going to war for our young people. We're going to war, we're going to war. So hey, listen, we're so glad that you're with us today and we have with us a very special guest, a dear friend uh, to Carrie and myself and a dear friend to Celebration Church. We have with us Pastor Dino Rizzo. Dino is now, uh, hold your applause just for one moment. Dino is now uh, Executive Director of the Association of Related Churches. Uh, known as ARC. The ARC Conference is gonna be here again this April, and we have Joyce Meyer and Brian Houston and just several speakers, so we want you to register for that. But Dino uh, helps to encourage and oversee almost 500 uh, churches all over the United States, and he's been a dear, dear friend of Celebration. He pastored a great church uh, for almost 20 years, Healing Place Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He is a tremendous man of God, and he's a dear friend to me and our church. He's with us every single year. So look, church, I want you to give the best welcome you can right now. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Dino Rizzo. Come on, church, make him feel welcome. We love him. All right, all right. Love you, Pastor. Come on, let's clap our hands for Jesus. It's all about him, all about him, all about him. Oh, what a great day to be alive. You can be seated. What an honor to be a celebration. Of course, welcome all those who have joined us online at one of our campuses. So great to see what God is doing at Celebration. It just thrills my heart to see how God is moving across all generations and reaching this community. So we just love this church and all those that are watching it, every location, how important you are, how valuable you are. Can, can we clap our hands again for all those that are watching at one of our locations? Thanks a lot. Great things happening all across campus alive. I love this, I've loved this church from day one, from the very beginning, uh, from the early days. And you are in one of the great churches on the planet today. And I know how grateful you are to be a part of what God is doing right here. Your heart for others, your generosity, uh, making a difference across the globe, your vision for people, reaching all kinds of people. And I believe that makes God smile when we reach all kinds of people. Just your heart for the globe, what you're doing in Africa, 
and of course what you're even doing here locally for the poor, reaching out to all kinds of people. So thank God for you as a church, your generosity. You're being a model church. I know this church, as we plant churches, we planted right at 485 churches. Today we plant four more churches across the United States. That puts it at 489. We're only 11 more churches to 500, which will happen in about a month. And so you're a model church, whether it's the things that you're doing. I know the, the, the book that Pastor Stovall wrote, uh, The God First Life, we use this as a book to our churches there in the ark. We give this out. We want to make sure they have this. You're resourcing churches and you're, 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 just, you're a church that people are looking to, to learn, to grow, to model after. So thank you so much for being a church that's willing to give all those churches that are being planted. You're sowing into them. Pastor Stovall is one of our lead guys there, helps direct that, helps gives that vision and clarity for all these young church planters, and you're just a blast to be around. So love your pastors, and uh, Pastor Stovall is one of my closest friends. Uh, he is the real deal. Just love Pastor Stovall and Carrie. Won't we clap our hands for our pastors? Love you like crazy. We're both LSU fans, extremely good looking, other things like that. And uh, Pastor Stovall is a great leader. Uh, he's a generous man. Uh, he's a man of vision. He's a man of integrity. And he's an incredible friend. And I just appreciate you, Stovall, for being my friend. And at the end of the day, I'm grateful for that. I just so, I so value that. Uh, thankful for he and Carrie in our life, Delenn and I, and our family. And we do bring you greetings from Birmingham. We're living in Birmingham there, serving at ARC, and also serving at Church of the Highlands underneath Pastor Chris Hodges. I get to oversee all of our outreach to the poor and our Dream Center there in Birmingham. Getting ready to open up a Dream Center in Montgomery. Uh, that's gonna be a lot of fun. We also lead a thing called Christ Health Center where we see people for health needs. And last year alone, we saw 9,800 different people uh, for health needs in our own community, those who can't afford it and those who are just in tough situations. So it's a lot of fun being a part of that church and being a part of that team there. And uh, love from the Rizzos. Man, the Rizzos send you greeting. Delenn's gonna be joining me uh, tomorrow. We're gonna spend a couple days here with your team. And uh, our kids are doing well. I think I got a picture of our kids. Uh, we just took this just this week. Um, I'm sorry about this month. So that is our three children. Uh, on the left there, that is McCall. She's a junior at LSU and doing well. And then that's our baby girl. That's Isabella. If you're Italian, you got to have an Isabella, Bella, Bella. And then that is our son there in the middle. This is when he signed because he is coming to Florida. He's coming to play football at Southeast University, sending him to Florida. Come on, somebody. That was signing day. So that was a lot of fun there for our family. So we're excited about what God's going to do here and be a part. Sent, got one in Baton Rouge and one in Florida. So that is a perfect place for our family. So loving that. But uh, it is an honor. I'm going to jump right into our series, Giants. Uh, I watched the first two installments, Pastor Stovall and Pastor Clay did an incredible job getting us into this idea, a giant advantage. And I want to take a few minutes, and I'm thrilled to come alongside and talk for a few minutes in this series, Giants. And I want to talk along the idea that there is a blessing in the battle. There is a blessing in the battle. Sometimes you don't put the word blessing and battle together. But when you look at scripture, you find out that there is a blessing in the, the battle. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes. So let's all pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing across church life. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for our pastors. And Lord, we're just grateful. Lord, I believe there are people here all across watching right here, Lord, that you want to talk to their heart. You want them to know how much you love them, how much you care for them. 
That, Lord, we walk through things and we go through battles and situations. Lord, you don't run away from us. Lord, it, it doesn't run you away from, from our life and our family. We walk through struggles and trials. Lord, I believe so often, Lord, it becomes a magnet of your grace and your mercy. So speak to us today, God. Open up your word that we can learn and grow. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at your other neighbor that was your second choice, because there's always a second choice. And tell them, you look like you could use a little church, 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 church. Whole lot of church. Turn to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, go to the beginning of your Bible. You just start turning some pages. You're going to run into Genesis. You're going to run into Exodus. Keep going. There's a, actually a book called Numbers. Isn't that wild? Numbers. And right after Numbers, you're going to run into a book called Deuteronomy. And I'm going to look at chapter 2. Deuteronomy chapter 2. I'm going to read you some words. Matter of fact, in the Hebrew, the term Deuteronomy actually means the words. The words. And I want to look through a passage of Scripture uh, where Moses is walking the children of Israel into their next season, into the season that they've been waiting on for a long, long time. The, Moses has been leading the children of Israel, and they've, they've faced a lot of things. They've gone through a time where when they walked to the promised land, the spies were sent out, they were afraid, and, and it sent them on a wandering. It sent them into the wilderness for goodness, almost 40 years, and this is the closing of 40 years in Deuteronomy chapter 2. It, it starts winding down and moving into the promised land, and so we're winding down these 40 years. We're, we're kind of in year 39, getting ready to enter into a new season, and Moses, and, 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 and they're starting to move in. They're, the children of Israel are starting to move into this amazing time in their life, and so now God is ready to transform them from slaves and from a wandering people to a people that are going to make a difference, a people that are now conquerors, a people that are now strong, a people that have learned some lessons and that have walked through some things. And this is kind of the introductory, introductory moments of the children of Israel. And I'll, I'll read some of these words, Deuteronomy chapter 2. We'll start around verse 24. We'll go to about verse 36. And I'll read these words slow. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a slow Bible reader. I don't read it fast. Uh, I read it slow. I kind of let it marinate. When you're an Italian and your wife is Cajun, then you let everything marinate. I mean, we get Krispy Kreme donuts and we let them marinate, if you know what I'm talking about. So we're going to read the words, let them marinate, let the word do the works. So I'll read a little bit, give a little commentary, and then we'll give some application, then we'll pray together. But let's start reading there. Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. It says, Rise. This is God speaking. Take your journey, and they've been on a long journey, and cross over the river Arnon. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Hishbon, and his land. Now watch what it says. Begin to possess it and engage him in battle. This day I will begin to put dread and fear of you Upon the nations under the whole heaven. This is God speaking to Moses and the children of Israel. I'm going to put dread, fear of you, upon all the nations under the whole heaven who shall hear the report of you and shall tremble and be in anguish or agony because of you. I love that. It's the promise. It's the promise of God. 
to the children of Israel. It's, it, God is saying to Israel, it's now your time. You've been wondering. You, 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 you've, you've gone through generations of fear and generations of doubt and generations of unbelief, but that is over now. The past is behind you. The, the fear, the unbelief, the pain, all these different things. It's all done now. It is your time, Israel. It is your time to move forward in what I have prepared for you. So God gives them a, a defining, a very clear an accurate charge from I am that this is going to be when, when I establish you as my people. It's almost like God is saying, this is the establish you as my people day. This is the, the stamp and, and there's gonna be a, a total identity shift. You've had one identity, now you're getting ready to shift into a new identity and you're gonna go in and you're gonna engage the enemy and I want you to walk up in there and you're gonna pick a fight. It's gonna be amazing, amazing and just watch what I do with the people that stand before you. Get ready. Engage them in battle. Clear, accurate and simple instructions. Now I love what happens because Surprisingly, watch what Moses does from this clear commandment from God. So we hear 24 and 25, look at 26. And this is Moses. And I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kirimah to Sihon, king of Ishbon, with words of peace, saying, let me pass through your land. I will keep strictly to the road and I will not turn neither to the right or to the left. You shall sell me food for money that I may eat and give me water for money that I may drink. Only let me pass through on foot. Just as the descendants of Esau who dwelt in Seir and the Moabites who dwelt in Ar did for me until I cross the Jordan to the land which the Lord God is given us. I don't know about you, but it's like as if Moses heard one thing and then acted another total way. If you read verse 24 and 25, just learning the word here, and then you read this other passage, it's almost like there's two passages with two different events. I love this. It's almost like God tells Moses, come over here, I want to talk to you, son. Here's what we're going to do. We're getting ready to get it on. We're getting ready to get it on. You've been wondering, you've been sharpening your spear. You've been sharpening your sword. I want you to go over there. I want you to engage them in battle. You are going to annihilate them. And when you annihilate them, it is going to go all over the globe how strong you are as a people. It is on. Yes. Okay. okay you, 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 am I clear? Yes. Okay. Hey, guys. Let's get the nicest and the kindest messengers we got. Let's send them to Sihon and say, hey, we're just here. Can we just kind of scoop by your land? There's like seven million of us. We're gonna stay on the path. We're not gonna step on your grass or on your garden. Matter of fact, if you have some nachos and some popcorn, we'll buy it. And if you've got a few Dasanis, we'll buy them too. Leave us alone. We are a peaceful people. We just wanna scoop by. It's like, okay, Moses, did you go to the meeting? Were you in that meeting? Have you ever told your children something? Have you ever given your kids clear direction? Here's what I need you to do, baby. Need you to go to the store. Need you to get me some Lysol. That's all I need. It's, it's, it's get the pink kind. It's right down there at Rite Aid. It's just right down the street. Lysol. Let me write it down on a note for you. Bring it right home. Two hours later, 
your child shows up with a peacock and a trumpet. What, what, what did you miss? It's almost as if Moses heard the words of God. But because of so much wondering and so much defeat and so many problems and so much of the past, he could not believe that this actually could be happening, that the children could actually go into the promised land. I don't know why Moses did what he did. I don't know why Moses did not want to fight or trust or believe. When I read it, sometimes I have to ask myself, I don't know why I won't at times. I don't know why there are times in my life that I will not trust or I will believe. But I do understand that sometimes the first step is the hardest. Sometimes in our life, the first step to believe God, the first step to come down for prayer, the first time to give, the first time to commit, the first time to join a small group, sometimes that first step is the hardest. And I believe it was the hardest for Moses to actually believe. I don't know if it was fear. I don't know if it was the unknown. I don't know if he was exhausted from the wilderness because sometimes the wilderness causes you to believe that there is no freedom. But he didn't realize that God so loved him God so loved Moses that he could not let him give a compromise of peace. So he starts the fight for him. Moses, you're choosing to settle for way less than I have given you. And I will not let you cheat yourself out of what you're going to learn through the fight. God is so good to us that he will not let us cheat ourselves from lessons that make us stronger and lessons that prepare us for the future. So he does this, he, he, he displays it through this battle. Look, look how it's disguised. So, so Moses says, I want peace to Sihon. Now if I'm Sihon, and commentaries tells us that there was about a half a million people that were a Sihon, there's about seven million Israelites. If I'm Sihon and I'm getting offered money, I'm taking it. But there's some reason that God intervenes. Look at these scriptures. But Sihon, king of Hishbon, would not let us pass through. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate that he might deliver him into your hand as it is this day. And the Lord God said to me, see, I have begun to give you Sihon and his land over to you. Begin to possess it that you may inherit the land. Then Sihon and all of his people came out to fight us at Jahaz. Moses, you would not come to the fight. Therefore, I'm bringing the fight to you. Herein lies one of the greatest truths about our loving Heavenly Father. And this is really, our time together is kind of the big idea. Here's the big idea of what I believe God wants to do in our life. And it's the lesson that we can learn that so often it is God who allows circumstances upon us in which it becomes absolutely necessary for us to rely solely upon his strength and his goodness. Can I have a good amen? So what does God do? Moses won't fight, so God goes and picks a fight for him. He says, enough, I'll, I'll pick the fight. Sihon just kind of gets a deal and says, oh, goes to bed that night, wakes up and can't stand Moses. Don't like Moses, don't like his mama, don't like his wife. I don't know if Sihon has a dream and Moses is taunting him. I don't know if he just, Sihon just begins to imagine things that they're talking about him. I don't know what happens, but Sihon won't take the compromise. So he goes out to engage him. Why? Because God so loves his people. 
He knows their future. He knows the promise. He knows the covenant of Abraham. So therefore, he blesses Moses and the children of Israel by forcing them to engage a battle that they normally would choose not to fight. How often is it not the same with you and I? That God sometimes moves us into a place where we have to engage something that normally we do not want to engage. We have to deal with something that normally we, do not ha- we, we would choose not to have to deal with. And there is God moving Moses. This is your time. It's on. I'm going to establish you as a great people. And Moses says, nah, I don't think I want to fight. I'm not in the mood to fight. God says, I know you're not in the mood to fight, but this is, this is the moment. So I'm going to bless you with a battle that you would choose not to fight. Because it's going to happen. So get ready, Moses, because here comes the boom. Come on, somebody. Here it comes. Get ready, because it's coming at you. I love the last part of these scriptures. It says in verse 33, and the Lord your God delivered him over to us. So we defeated him, his sons and all his people. We took all the cities at that time, and we utterly, totally destroyed The men, the women, and the little ones, every city, we left nothing remaining. We took only the livestock as plunder for ourselves with the spoil of the cities which we took from Arnon, which is at the bank of the river Arnon, and from the city that is in the ravine. As far as Gilead, there was not one city too strong for us. The Lord our God delivered all to us. Can I have a good amen? God, I love that passage. I've read it over and over again. I love how God says, I know that when you showed up here 38, 39 years ago, these cities looked so big, and there were these huge giants, and the walls looked so big, and 38 years ago you ran away, and you got afraid, and fear ran among the people, but this is not 38 years ago. This is a new day for my people. This is a new day for you, Moses. This is a new day for you, children of Israel. This isn't 38 years ago. This is a time where I'm going to establish you as a strong people. You will not be defined by the fear of the past. You will not be defined by the defeat of yesterday. You will not be defined by what happened 38 years ago, 38 months ago, 38 days ago. You will be defined by my goodness and my greatness because I love you so much that I will not let you run away. That's how much I love you. That's how much I care about you. That's how much I'm there for you. That I will not let you walk away from a battle that's going to bless your life. I can imagine Moses say, okay, and and take the deal. They want the money. All of a sudden they come, okay guys, let's get after it. And God showed himself strong. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I love how God does that in our lives. There are times that God will bring us into seasons, into moments that we would choose not to have. There's probably not a person here at a campus that you've not walked through something that you would have rather not walk through. But when you walk through it, the lessons, the truth, the things that you extract for your, li- for your life and also for others are invaluable. 
But when Moses, they, they take that first city, mm, he drops them. What? Mm, uh. I got all y'all. I take all y'all. Just that first, uh. Woo. Try that body, try, uh. Like women up in there. Yeah, let's take another city and another city. Next thing you know, they were transformed from a compromising people to a conquering people one step at a time. One blow at a time. The same is true about our life, my friend. One step at a time, one moment at a time. God defines us. I want to bring some application because I, I want to help you. I, I spent some time just praying for our time. I love this church. I've, I feel a part of this church. I really do. And I, I just prayed this morning, God, speak something to our hearts. Give me something that will help people. And I felt like the Lord spoke three things to my heart. Application out of these, this, this commentary, these amazing scriptures. Here's the first thing. and I believe it all comes right out of uh, God's love. The three things that I believe can help us today. Here's the first thing. It is God. I really believe this. It is God's love that transforms you and I from a slave to a conqueror. It's just the love of God that brings us out of. You say, well, I, I, he, he can do it. Jesus will transform us from a slave. They had been defined as a, a people of slavery. They had come out of Egypt as slaves. And then they went to a wondering, confused people that were so just wondering about everything. And God said, that is over. I'm going to now transform you from a slave to my people. Say, well, Dino, I'm just trying to survive and get by. I'm just trying to make it another day. I just want to live another day. Just trying to get by for another day. It's not God's plan. It's not what his son came to do for us. He he didn't come so we have to settle for crazy. He didn't come for we have to settle for lack or we have to settle just for pain or or just for hurt. He came so that we could be overcomers. Not just live a life that is just bouncing around and defeated and from one pain and, and lost in a maze of personality and people and other people's stuff and other people's junk. He did not come for us to be lost in this maze where this maze of hurt and the, and the maze of the past and, and the maze of other relationships define us. He came so that we could be an overcomer. He transforms us from a slave to being a people that are conquerors. I wrote this in my journal the other day. It is one thing to be set free. It is another thing to live free, my, my brother, my sister. And not only did he come to set us free, he came so that we could live free. See, the sun sets us free, but guess what? The sun is there for us so that we could live free in our life. Oh, thank God. What's the application? God's love. God loves us so much that he will not let us remain slaves. His love will transform us. We can overcome those addictions. We can overcome that failure. 
We can overcome that moment in our life that wants to define us as defeated. We can overcome the anxiety and the depression, the stuff that wants to get a hold of us. God's love will do that. God so loved the children of Israel that he said, I will not let you strike a compromise of peace. I will pick a fight with that king that you don't even want to fight. And you watch my hand. Here's the second thing that I believe really speaks to our heart. And it's just the simple idea that he knows. God knows. I don't know what you're facing. I, I don't know your journey. I don't know if it's a 16-year journey. I don't know if it's a five-year journey. I, I, I don't know that, but I, I know this much. I know that he knows. He knows the steps you've taken. He, he knows the path that you've been on. He, he knows the road that you've, you've been down. He knows the, uh, the canyons that you've fallen into. He, he knows the side of the road where you've broken down. He, he, he knows those, there's areas that, that in life that it got a little swervy. He knows. Here's good news. No matter what you've been through, he knows your journey. And if he knows it, guess what? You're not alone. I think that's what he's trying to say to Moses that day. I know you've been wandering around in this wilderness, but I know what you've been through, and I know what's happening, and I want you to know, Moses, you're not alone. When you walk up and see Hans' front yard, slap him upside the head, you are not by yourself. Come on, somebody. You're not alone. I'm with you. You're not going to face that battle by yourself. You're not going to engage the enemy by yourself. He knows your goings. He knows your stuff. He, he knows the enemies of our life. You're not alone. He knows your difficulties. He knows your trials. He, he knows our testing. And the good news is we are not alone. No matter what you're facing, you don't have to be afraid because you're not alone. Those four words, you are not alone, have literally sustained me the last three years. Just those, sometimes you think you got to have this, this. I've had four words. You are not alone. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I love that idea. I love the idea that Moses didn't, he didn't want to do it. And he was choosing not to do it. God says, boy, I can't let that happen. And he, he, it's almost as like Moses was standing in front of Sihon and saying, I'm good, I'm good. And Sihon's like, man, I don't like you. That's okay, I, you don't have to like me. I mean, Sihon's like, you make me sick, good. I make myself sick. <laughs> Sihon's like, I don't like your wife. I don't like her either. <laughs> and God just starts a message, just poking Sihon. <clears throat> it's, like some, it's like God just slapped Sihon upside the head. And Sihon said, who did that? And God said, Moses did it. Sion just all bothered, like all feeling, got a rash all upside his head. Who gave me the rash? Moses gave you the rash. It was Moses. God so loved Moses that he wanted him to know, you're not alone. I'm with you. Sometimes we walk through things. Why am I walking through this? You know what I found out? That my own personal awareness of how much I need him is my greatest moment. When I have this awareness, it's not my weakest moment. My greatest moment is when I realize how much I need him. I'm the strongest 
when I realize that. Oh, that I need him. I'm not alone. I can't do this by myself. I can't raise these kids. I, I, I can't walk through this business situation. I, I can't finish school. can't do it by myself. God says, exactly. I know. And you're not alone. And then the third thing that I think is so important for us to remember, I believe it can help us, boils back to the idea there's a blessing in the battle. Now, can I tell you, it's probably disguised. You're not going to see it in the battle. The blessing's not going to walk up to you in a battle with a t-shirt that says, yo, I'm your blessing. <laughs> not how it works. It's normally disguised maybe in time, pain, something you would choose to avoid. It's normally disguised. But there's a blessing in the battles that you're facing. I don't know what battle you're facing. But there's a blessing. You know, I grew up with a speech problem. I didn't speak till I was three years old. I could hardly make sounds. Five years old, I began to say words. And I had a terrible speech problem. I went to kindergarten and the first day, the teacher said, we, 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 you're going to send him somewhere else. I remember my mother took me to a special school. And uh, I went to a special school that was inside another school. But... We were in what we called those days resource. And I could not speak well. And for about eight years, I struggled with my R's and say, whoa, 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 oh, oh. I could not say, oh, oh. And I would, I just, it took me years of speech therapy. Stuttered. My, my words would catch. 12, 13, 14 years old. Even times when I get excited, every once in a while, I'll, it'll, it'll catch just a moment or I'll say a word. And I, and I can remember going to middle school and, and those, that, that resource was over. And, and so they blended us into normal classes those days. Back in those days, they kept you in resource and then I was blended into a class. I remember my, teacher, my mother went and saw the teacher and said, listen, we're not ready for oral reports yet. It's the seventh, eighth grade. We're not ready for oral reports yet. And like... A week later, the teacher assigned me an oral report on the spot. And I remember getting in front of the class and struggling in front of this class. I was so embarrassed. Kids laughing, all this kind of stuff. I'm seventh, eighth grade. I remember I left. We lived right down the street from the school. I left the school and went straight home. Didn't check out nothing. Went inside crying all, you know, seventh grade. Lip all quivered. And boy, my mother, oh, Lord, have mercy. My mother in the kitchen, curlers in her hair, apron around her waist. She did what? Come on with me. Grab me by the hand. Come on. Went up in that middle school. My mama, Gloria Jean, walked up in that school, curlers in her hair, apron. She didn't care. She went up in there. She told that teacher, you don't ever, don't be acting we getting ready to turn it up up in here. Turn up for what? Turn up for my boy. How many of you don't mess with a woman with curlers in her hair and an apron? Come on, somebody. I mean, we walked out of there. My mother looked at me that day and said, you one day will stand before people talk to them. 
You know what's funny? Pastor Stowe, I don't know if you know this. The first sermon I ever preached in my entire life, I was 19 years old. First sermon, FCA, back at that middle school and that high school, I preached my first sermon. I think God has a sense of humor. Raised with a speech problem. Stuttered till I was a teenager. And here I am communicating in one of the greatest churches in America. Only God, only God, only God can take your battle, your pain, your hurt. Come on somebody, your embarrassment, your lack, your struggle. Only God can do that. Only God can turn it around. Only God can bless you in the battle. Only God can. Only God can. Only God can. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Let's all stand together. I'm going to ask you one question. What battle are you avoiding? Stop avoiding it. It could be your greatest moment if you'll trust God. With every head bowed, Father, I just pray for every person today. Every person who's walking through a struggle. Every person who the enemy is trying to define them based on the past. Every person who feels less, every person who is walking through something that they would choose not to walk through, every person who's in a season that they cannot stand, every person that's in a moment that they hate, I pray for every person that they will hold to God's unchanging hand and they will find victory and they will find love and destiny, God Almighty, because there is a blessing in the battle. Because you make me brave. You make me brave. I am not brave by myself, but you make me brave to face every battle in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Our prayer is that it will help you to live a God-first life. For more information about Celebration Church and other available resources, please visit our website at www.celebration.org.